welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. This is the last Sunday of October, and we're wrapping up our talk for uh, the series for the month, which is about what? That's right. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. This month we have been exploring ideas to support us in moving from a scarcity consciousness, a consciousness meaning that we are aware of not enough or scarcity, and moving from that, those lenses by which we may be looking at the world, and moving into wholeness and abundance. And so we've been looking at some of the different ideas and um, unpacking that, and I'd been using a book by, by Victoria Castle called The Trance of Scarcity, which is a wonderful book if you've never read it. And it is not, it's not a new thought book, or I, would, I wouldn't describe it even as super spiritual. It's accessible by anybody and everybody reading it, and some very practical exercises, physical um, physical meditations to embody an awareness of conscious um, of prosperity and abundance. And so I recommend the book highly. But we started this month by asking the question that she poses, are we living in a friendly universe? Do you remember that question? That's what we started with. It's a question Albert Einstein, it's attributed to him, him saying that we should, that's, that's probably the most important question that we should answer for ourselves. Am I living in a friendly universe? Because the way that I answer that question is going to affect my experience in the universe, everything after that. Am I living in a friendly universe? No. My answer will shape my experience and the way that I am relating to, to, the, to the universe. And so we're going to come back, we're coming back to this question that we started with this month and bringing some of the ideas that we have worked with throughout the month and just some other ideas that I want to remind you of. So that when we leave here today, that you have, a, have an answer to that question. And while it may, may be, it, you may answer that question with a deep yes and, and a um, no reservation within you, wonderful. Or you may leave here with at least maybe just an intellectual agreement or consent to it. That's a word that she used, and we'll talk a little bit more about that again today. Consent, which means to agree with feeling. We may consent here, maybe a little intellectually, yes, I live in a friendly universe, and I'm still working with that. I'm trying to see it and look for it and find it. And it's practice. It's practice. And that is one of the ideas that was um, unpacked this month about the way that we live our lives are the results of what we're practicing in our consciousness. 
by the stories we're telling, the narratives, the, the energy that, and vibration that we're holding our bodies and practicing. You can say other words for practicing, the things we're worrying about, the things we're concerned about, right? The things that we might be anticipating or expecting. Or, or maybe we're saying that we don't expect it because we're, we're trying to tell ourselves, I'm, I'm not expecting um, lack to show up. I'm not expecting struggle. I'm only, I'm only preparing myself in case it happens. If you believed you lived in a friendly universe, what would there be to protect yourself from or prepare for? So this, as we've been talking, we have explored scarcity and abundance throughout the month. The title of today's message is Living in the Freedom of Flow. But the trance of scarcity that Victoria Castle talks about is not flow. There's no freedom in it. It is a message that we see, and it is subtle at some times, and at other times not so subtle. It is a message that is, that is um, permeates, permeates the world of form. And it is, it is an idea and a concept of never enough. Never enough. That is what most of us have, have stepped into when we um, were born and we showed up on this physical plane we had loved ones telling us how to, to guard ourselves against the struggle and the lack and the limitation of the never enough. They were just trying to help us. But by them helping us be on guard, we've become infected with it. Does that make sense? You know, I mean, and so we operate from that, that space unconsciously. It's a mantra in our, in our world that never enough. The whispers of that there's never enough. There's not enough to go around. And sometimes, many times, well, okay, maybe every time, that message of never enough even shows up within ourselves and our own judgments of ourselves that, that we're not enough. Because I don't have enough, then I can't show up the way I'm supposed to. And then, well, I guess I'm not enough. The message is insidious. It shapes our self-worth. It colors our relationships. It drives our actions. And here is the, the sort of the um, what's not fair about it, <laughs> until it becomes fair, is for most of our life, this idea is unknown to us. It's unconscious. It's like asking the fish, where's water? Where is this thing called water? <laughs> As the fish is swimming in it. And if we have a, a concept of that there's never enough, not enough, I'm not enough, if that's where I'm starting at, then how, why would I even question it? Because then that, this is the reality and this is the truth of my life. But we're talking about it. 
And while our culture is, has all sorts of an expressions and beliefs in order to keep it going, you know, sort of like the game, if I were to take a balloon and, and throw it out here, and you know, you know the game, it's just like, oh, as it floats down, you're going to tap it, and then we'll just see how long we can keep the balloon up in the air. Well, society and our culture, through many forms, the media, you know, friends, clergy, governments, they, they, they continue giving us messages in case we forget. You know, because money doesn't grow on trees, you know? We get these reminders. We get reminders even by the way that our systems are built. You know, our education system is highly competitive. What if you don't make it into the school that you want? What might that mean? You're not as good as someone else. I'm not enough. Because if I was, I would be there. Our education system, our, our work environments. You know, the new religion is that of, of workism. Workism. That our value is determined by what we do. Men have known this for, I mean, this is the way men are trained. As far, without what they do or doing something, then their value and worth is, what is it? Who am I? I remember when I, I went on sabbatical and I, I left my pulpit after five years in, in Florida. I went out to Colorado and I went through an identity crisis. Who am I if, if, I'm, not, if I'm not doing that? If I'm not working, I'm not enough unless I'm working. So we have systems that just sort of keep this, that keep it up for us and that fortify this trance. But here's the thing, a trance just means unconscious. When someone's in a trance, they're unconscious, they're unaware. But what are we doing here? We're becoming conscious. We're examining it. We're bringing our awareness to it. And when there is awareness, that, at that point of awareness, is where our power to choose resides. Because up until you're conscious, then you're unconscious, and then you're driven by it. It's automatic. But when you become conscious, then the power to choose becomes available. You know, in these notions of not enough, they show up. I mean, they're not even just abstract concepts, as we're talking about. I'm talking, you know, in broad strokes. But, you know, they can show up in even, even the, the tiniest little ways. Even the tiniest little ways. I was thinking about this. How many of you, just think about this, just think in your mind. You know, you're, you're having some pizza. You know, order out some pizza with friends or family. And then we're down to one piece. One piece. Does anyone else have stories that start going through your head if you want that piece and there's other people in the room? Anyone? It's like, you know, how many pieces did you have? You know, just calculate it, right? Just how many pieces did they have? And, and it can even start to create this, this sort of unsettledness. It's like, who's going for the pizza? in a zero-sum universe, which is not the truth. But in that consciousness of not enough, there's only so much to go around. Not enough pizza. Do I deserve the pizza? I think I do. You had more than I did. Oh. These ideas of not enough, never enough, 
impact us even in maybe even bigger ways. The decisions that we make. The decisions we make. You know, I was, I didn't go to college. I mean, I spent some time in college, but um, my desire growing up as a kid is I wanted to go to school. I mean, the idea of college was fascinating because I wanted to learn, I wanted to be a renaissance man. And I think in some ways I am. You know, I mean, I go wherever my interest leads me. And, but I wanted to liberal, you know, liberal arts. I wanted history and arts. And, and I want, to me, in my concept, college or, or higher education was to help me become a better person until I was informed, no, you go to school to get a good job. So, yeah, what, you know, a philosophy degree, what's that going to get you? You know, an art degree, well, good luck. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a competitive field. Do you know what I'm saying? The messages of not enough can even impact, and they do, impact the choices that people make and the careers that they're going to do. It will affect the way that someone will spend the rest of their life. The idea of not enough, never enough. I better make sure to work hard to get enough, and I will put off my own living and the, what is seeking to express itself through me in order that I can make sure to, to navigate this, this, this world of scarcity. Do you see the, 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 the importance of us looking at this and saying enough? Enough to that. Saying enough is enough to struggle and lack. It's for, it is, the time has come to an end for those of us who are wanting to live out loud, and that's our, our intention this year, to live our authentic life in order to be that and do that and to, to let ourselves be seen and heard, then it's time to say enough is enough to struggle. Enough is enough to the assumption, presumption, the, 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 the concept that this is just the way that it is, to challenge it. And the first step, and that's what we've been doing this month, is to recognize it and bring our awareness to it, to identify them, to question the narratives and the stories, because the stories that live in us are the stories that we're going to live out. Do you get this? The stories that live in us, what we're planning for, what we're expecting, the, you know, I always get the broken ones, you know, the stories that what we are, are looking for evidence in our lives, that becomes the story of our life, but it's when we shine the light and rewrite the story with choice, decision, intention, on purpose, we can rewrite our stories and move from scarcity into abundance. Moving from not enough to enough, to where we can realize something that Charles Fillmore um, said in his book, Prosperity. Charles Fillmore, oh, do you know what? Let me make sure I'm moving. I forgot, I have this slide. Are we living in a friendly neighborhood? So Charles Fillmore said, the inexhaustible resource of spirit is equal to every demand. How many demands? Every demand. The supply is available before there's a demand. 
Otherwise, how could there be one? He goes on, he says, there's no reality in lack. Abundance is here and now manifest. This statement is a, like 180 degrees to the idea of never enough. And so when we begin to embrace this and live this and, and even to, to bring, you know, one thing that I do, I've been carrying, we've had an affirmation this month. I don't know, I hope, I hope that you've been working with it. It's one that I've been working with and I think we have some of the orange cards. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough. Enough. Taking that and bringing that forward every day in my mind or, or taking a quote like this from Fillmore, bringing this forward, then when I encounter things that may not, that may not um, align to this, I can reason it out. I can reason it out. I can use denials <laughs> and affirmations. I'm thinking of Emma Curtis Hopkins. Emma Curtis Hopkins, actually, she's the one that says in Scientific Christian Mental Practice, she says that the way that we heal, the way that we create, the way that we experience our good, what, what, the way that we move into our good is through a line of reasoning. We use our thinking in order to surrender the ideas that keep us stuck so that we can move into the flow. We can move into the flow. You know, flow is a term that's often used. We hear it many times around. We, who, who have you heard that phrase from about being in the flow? Who, who says that or where it's common to be heard? Me? <laughs> Thank you. But what was this, someone? Who? Oh, Wayne Dyer. Oh, okay, Wayne Dyer. Oh, specifically a person. Oh, yes, Wayne Dyer. Um, I was thinking a little more general. A little bit, Wayne Dyer, of course. Love him. Um, who's this? Metaphysicians say this. You will also hear it from, how many artists do I have in the room? Are there any? I know I've got some artists. Go raise your hand. Own it. Own it. Yes. How many of my artists? How many of my artists? that you find yourself in the flow. And maybe you might not use that word, maybe you have another word for it, but you know what I'm talking about when I say you're in the flow. Isn't that really even the, the, what moves the artist to be in that state of creation, to allow something greater to, to flow through? So we have artists, who else do we hear this from? Athletes. Yes, athletes. Oh, before they know it, they are just in the game, in the moment, in the zone, in the zone. And then, like, time stops and life is happening. We also can hear this from musicians. You know, when I was engaged with a, a, a friend this past week, and we were just in conversation, and we just got, it was just, so, the conversation was just so um, meaty. I just forgot everything else that was going, right was happening was what was happening right there in that moment. And it was like, when we looked at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, how did, how did that happen? Being in the flow. We all have the experience of this in our physical time and space. But you know, in spiritual dimensions, 
to use that term being in the flow, like Wayne Dyer would, would be speaking about. Um, I have heard it said or described or defined being in the flow as slipping into the effortless unfolding of creation. Being in the flow, slipping into the effortless unfolding of creation. You know, close your eyes. I'm going to say that again. And just, just see if you can sense that and feel that about being in the flow, about slipping into the silent, effortless unfolding behind all creation. Dr. Holmes says that, that manifestation demonstration, answered prayer, you know, um, the law of attraction, whatever, it is effortless. It doesn't require our efforting. It is already given. It is flowing. If we stop, maybe if we pull up the anchor, pull up the anchor that we have, stop telling the old stories, upgrading the state in our body, releasing that which doesn't serve us, pushing off from the shore, so to speak and letting the flow carry you. The silent, effortless unfolding behind all creation. We are co-creators with life. And in a world of not enough, that is a, that is a consciousness of living in an unfriendly universe. And so if we're living in an unfriendly universe that's really sort of kicked us to the curb and left us to our own, it really can feel like we're alone, can't it? But see, that is error. That's what somebody told us. Somebody told us that. Before we even had a chance to, to know it for ourselves and so accepting this never enough, then we've, we've just moved through our lives and are moving through our lives without even questioning it. But, but here, today, in this moment, allow yourself to lean into a knowing that's within your heart and mind and your body that behind that never enough there is, there is flow. We know it. We know it. And this is probably why we sometimes can get so ticked off when our good isn't showing up in the way that we think that it should. It's not because we're just sitting here wishing and hoping and wanting. It's because there's something in us that is greater than we are that has promised us this good. Holmes says there's a power in the universe that is greater than we are and we can use it and I know that that power is seeking to use us. It is self-acting. It made us of itself and being part of that, then there is that within us that hasn't been touched by the never enough, that knows that we are enough and that sits there defiantly when we are arguing with for our limitations, and there's that part of us that says you're bigger than this. That's why we feel, we feel um, frustrated when we don't have our good because our good 
It's our God. We want our stuff. It's ours. You know, this week I had um, some conversations with people around the um, synchronicity. How many of you experience that or know what I'm talking about? Synchronicity, where it seems like things just show up at the, the right time, right place. You had a thought, and then there it was. Did you have the, was it on its way and then you got the thought as a message saying, hey, it's coming, or did you have the thought and attract it? I don't know, I don't care. I just like having what's mine. <laughs> but I had conversations this week of, of people who were saying, it's just like, wow, things are, seem to be unfolding and happening effortlessly and freely. I said, that's what happens when you aren't resisting the flow. When you pull up the anchor, push off from the, from the edge, out to the middle of the river of life, and letting it carry you, as it carries you, it, <laughs> it's going to move you exactly where you need to be. Bring to you exactly what is yours. Why? Because I believe we do live in a friendly universe that is actively conspiring for our good. And you see, that perception is going to give me evidence of that. Isn't that how it works? We see what we're looking for. And so unconsciously, up till now, until we've discovered that, oh, there's something greater, there's more available to me, there is good for me, and I ought to have it. By making that awareness that it is here, it is mine, it is now, and allowing myself to see that, to look for that, I begin to see it. And this is that synchronicity. Waking up and noticing what we're noticing. And, and if we're witnessing, witnessing ourselves, that we're holding ourselves apart, maybe we're, we are um, feeling some fear, anxiety, or you know what, the I don't knows, the Rubik's Cube. I know there's good for me, but how am I going to get it? You know, because, because the universe demands for me to, um, to, to do the heavy lifting, that's never enough consciousness. That's scarcity consciousness. Spirit's the doer through you. But when we stop offering the resistance, it is like us removing our hand off the cork that we've been holding under the surface. If we just stop doing that thing that we do, the truth of who we are will assert itself. The fact is, it's always asserting itself. We just say, hey, quiet. Let me tell you how it really is. There's never enough. <laughs> Flow is not just a mystical concept. It's backed by science. We know brain studies. I mean, this is, this is not just something conceptual or something to feel good. It is actually a state of awareness and being. Think about it. When you're feeling not enough and you're feeling lack, how do you feel in your body? You feel yucky. You feel contracted. Do you feel restriction? Victoria Castle says contraction. Contraction is, a, is an invitation to scarcity. 
holding myself off. There are times now throughout the day that I'll pause and just check in with am I holding, how am I holding myself? How am I holding myself? Because there is a mind-body connection. And what is in my mind is going to show up in my body. And if I'm holding my body in a state of, of tight and fear and, and contraction, what might be going on beneath the surface? Take a breath. And just to know that enough is enough to change my mind. You know, of course, life moves with ebb and flow. And there's sometimes we'll find ourselves out of sync. <laughs> There'll be times where we'll meet obstacles. Is, and are these obstacles a thing unto themselves that are planning our demise? No. It may seem like that. But in a universe of cause and effect, if I'm experiencing not enough, is it because there's truly not enough? No, what I'm seeing is mirrored back to me as what my own thinking was. So don't you think the solution might be to get a new thought? <laughs> or at least to stop thinking the ones that don't serve you. Victoria Castle talks about consent. When we find ourselves contracted, when we find ourselves mentally resisting or, 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 or arguing, arguing with what's in front of us to consent, to pause and notice and consent and move back into what she refers to as the circle of belonging. But really, another way to describe that is just to, to drop the resistance, to move into that flow, to feel it and to sense it. Louise Hay, she gives us a, um, a way to use this. She says, Oh, there's Wayne Dyer. You called him up. <laughs> I'm moving on. Louise Hay says that I say out to every negative thought that comes to my mind. I can hear her saying this. No pl person, place, or thing has any power over me, for I am the only thinker in my mind. You know, say that with me. I say out to every negative thought that comes to my mind. No person, place, or thing has any power over me. I am the only thinker in my mind. So what is it that we want to think? We started this month with the question, am I living in a friendly universe? And I invite you, just with like even this quote from Louise Hay, that even if you may not yet have embodied the sense and feeling that I do live in a friendly universe, for us to agree with it mentally and say out, <laughs> Holmes says, he says, tell doubt, get out. Doubt, get out. I do live in a friendly universe. I am living in a fr friendly universe. Flow and freedom are mine. There is enough. There is enough. Because no more could be given. Dr. Holmes, I want to close with this quote from Dr. Holmes. We've read this a couple times this month, but he says, the greatest gift life could have made to you is who? Yourself. The greatest gift life could have made to you is what? Yourself. Why? 
because you are a spontaneous, self-choosing center of life in the great drama of being, the great joy of becoming, the certainty of eternal expansion. You could not ask for more, and more could not have been given. What he's saying here is that the greatest gift that life could have given you is yourself. It's not the job, it's not the lover, it's not the house, it's not, it's, it's not that, it is you. And your life, your, the experience of your life is what comes through you, what you're choosing, who you're being, what you're accepting, what you're knowing, what you're no longer resisting and stepping into. And what we will experience is the truth that more could not have been given because the more is here. The enough is here. The grace of God is here. That is, that is the givingness of life to itself, not withholding anything. You see, when we withhold, when we withhold, it comes from an idea of lack or not enough. But spirit being infinite, There's every, every supply for every demand before it was even thought of by ourselves. I want us to close with our affirmation that we've been working with this month. And that is, so let's repeat this together. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough. Enough. You know, let's say it again, and I want you to find in your body where this is true, and just lean into that. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough. Enough. Just take a breath and just, you know, speaking to your soul now, just a little quieter, turning within. I am enough. I do enough. I have enough, enough. Now with that truth, turn to your neighbor. You know, know it for them. You are enough. You do enough. You have enough, enough. All right, now we're going to speak it for ourselves now. All of us here, our community. And because here's the thing, this is not just for us. If I'm living a life of not enough, then I am not available to give what is mine to give to the collective. Do you get this? The world is waiting for us to step into our enoughness. And so let's declare that so that we can be available to give the bounty that we know is ours rather than, oh, the not enough. So let's say this together. We are enough. We do enough. We have enough. Enough. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.